show another saturday has come and so has well i no, i was all ready to say spring has come but it hasn't but the cardinals have go cardinals they didn't play last night but they had a real great great opening on thursday and uh, it was fantastic to see that um do you have that sound do you have the tyler o'neill sound let's let's play that for a little happy saturday there's so much carnage negativity bombing of train stations in ukraine uh you know chaos in the white house all of which we're going to talk about uh, but this was a good moment for the world and they for st louis a bit towards right center but all three outfielders very very deep oh Yeah, that's cool. Makes you smile. That's cool. Yeah. And as much as I was down on all of baseball, and yes, that includes the Cardinals, uh, you know, for the lockout. I mean, come on, guys. Can't you get along? Isn't there enough money for you players and you owners to go around? <laughs> I'm glad to see baseball back again. And it's it's uh, it's magical and mystical to see the trio of Wainwright, Molina, and uh, Pujols back again, isn't I, it, Max? I, I honestly can't even believe it, and I'm already making plans to go to at least a couple of games and, of course, take my son yeah. because I didn't think he would get the chance to see mm-hmm. Albert in a Cars uniform, and I think that's incredible. There is a brand-new video game called The Show. It's MLB The Show. They do one every year, kind of like Madden, oh, but really? it's, for, it's for baseball. And this just came out on Xbox, so we were playing it the other night and you can customize it it's incredible video games these days because it looks like bush stadium and it's current Mm -hmm. rosters so last night i was playing as our current team so albert's there and yachty and and wayno and until opening day the cardinals won nine to nothing and last night i'm playing this game and i the the computer put me against the angels and i won nine to one and my son goes you're almost as good as the cardinals dad (laughs) how old is he now 11 Oh, so he's perfect age. Oh, I mean, I he is yeah. right in the sweet spot for for just falling in love with baseball and Absolutely. the whole experience. Oh, that's that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was a baseball sort of a you know the equivalent of Madden uh, football. And baseball. it's really, really impressive. Neat. I mean, it's it's uh, you know I mean they're so expensive these days. I mean, it's like a hundred dollars, but I mean, but it's so impressive the amount of customization. I mean, I don't want to do a commercial yeah. for this series, but it's really incredible. And to, to have current rosters that blew my mind because here comes Albert in a video game as a cardinal and i just thought this is incredible so well even though pujols only on opening day only had well he it was zero for five but yeah. uh, but i uh, i didn't see it all but i read that he 
had a couple of really well hit balls that resulted in errors. Uh, so you know, and you know he's he probably go, hitting it hard. Yeah, he would go zero and five in his heyday as well. I mean, so that's fine. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm so happy that he gets to have his final season here with Yachty. And uh, I mean, that's going to be yeah. a major moment for St. Louis when Yachty retires. I mean, he's arguably the best catcher of all time, and and yes. it's it's unbelievable that that we're going to see a season next year without him. I mean, I think that's going to be really emotional for for St. Louis. I know. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough and you know I haven't even I'm sure it'll come to light during the season but uh well maybe not sometimes they just get a free agent but is I'm not sure if there's anyone in the wings uh if if anyone out there knows who's in the wings uh, to pick yeah, up where right. Yadier lost uh, can you imagine trying to fill those no, shoes no not at all <laughs> it's it's almost like when you have a really popular uh, television or radio show and then somebody retires yeah. you want to bring in somebody to let them fail for a little while and then you bring in the yeah. next person <laughs> So I feel like so, that, that so, first okay, catcher. So, oh man! <laughs> so listen for, for folks, because I know a lot of folks uh, are in and out of the show the whole three hours. Um, I'm usually mostly in for most of the three hours. Max has to draw me back in when I fall out once in a while. But uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I I'm all in all the time. But I forget that you may you know have to step out and walk the dogs or. I don't know, take out the trash and make sure the lawnmower works because you have to cut the lawn later this week. And and so I want to let you know what's coming up uh, later in the program. We have Michael Bussler, our uh, resident <laughs> economics. He's not an economics professor. He's a finance uh, professor at Stockton University, but he's a great policy analyst. And he's one of these guys that has an uncanny ability to just make the economics seem so ridiculously simple that you you want to reach through the speaker and grab Michael Bussler and take him up to the White House, like hire a limo and get him up to the White House and say, you idiots, you know, what? listen to this. So Bussler joins us at 645, uh, 745, of course, Virginia Cruda. Every week we cover several different topics with her, and there are many to cover, including Katanji Brown-Jackson uh, and, uh, well, yesterday some breaking news. Well, we we're going to talk with uh, with uh, Max about uh, the Will Smith thing in just a minute. Uh, but what went on in Ukraine with the bombing of the train station um, just tons of breaking news late in the week. Uh, Todd Benzman uh, is is uh, a border expert. He's been with us before from Center for Immigration Studies at 8.06. And then uh, 8.25, Paul uh, Siegert, who, uh, you know, it came out that the House passed legislation to cap insulin co-pays at 35 bucks. And that affects, you know, diabetes affects a, a huge number, many, many Americans. And fully one in four, maybe one in five, are not taking their insulin as prescribed which is a existential threat to their health. I mean, it's a quality of life, it's a quantity of life thing. They end up getting amputations, early kidney failure, early death if you don't manage your diabetes. It's terrible. For those of uh, of you out there who have it, you know what I mean or know someone who has it. So it's critical you take the insulin. Uh, and there's a lot uh, that uh, wasn't said in the headlines as the as the uh, there was some bipartisanship in that vote as that vote was taken. And the bigger problem is there's some core root cause issues that are not being addressed when it comes to pharma drug cost. And if it's not affecting you now, it will affect you some way, somehow in terms of expensive meds that don't have to be that way. A lot of hidden cost that uh, that uh, Paul Siegert will, uh, will help us unpack. And, of course, the number's all morning, 314-912-1019 here on News Talk STL, 1019-941. And if you are outside, you know, just take your earbuds and your phone and just do the app. I do the app all the time. I have it with me all the time, and it's uh, it's really handy. So a little bit on filling big shoes. 
a little behind the microphone. Max, I have for the last, oh, what are we now, two months into this. Yeah, as of, uh, as of Monday, well, as of yesterday, is two months. I have attempted to fill the big shoes of Mike Ferguson doing afternoon drive time in Columbia. Wow. And he was doing that show for two, for two years. And I've started doing that in uh, well, February, early February. That's a that's a different gig than what we do here on uh, on Saturday morning. <laughs> a daily show is different than a weekend yeah. show, and an afternoon drive is even more different. Because I mean, for the listeners out there, radio is radio is radio. But for us, the day parts, the days, it really does make a big difference in how you present right. the information. Yeah. You know, here, I think for for those of you who listen have listened to this show for a while, you know that it is my ADD uh, plays to its advantage here on Saturday mornings. Well, we just started with sports I may talk. tell Max, hey, we're going to talk about this and this and this, and we end up talking about that and that and that. And it becomes sort of a meandering, as you said earlier, we were talking off the air, Max, a meandering podcast potpourri and smorgasbord on the air. You just don't know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates. It's four-inch gump, right? And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, and it works out okay, I think, for a relaxed Saturday morning. But if you're in the car for 15 or 20 minutes going home, you want to you want to hear things, get right into it, get to the story. Bop, 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 not a lot of meandering, no no um, uh, ponderous kind of thoughts, and de- you just got to get to the story and get at it. So I'm I'm having to. It's like uh, it's like a, a catcher learning to play first base, or a, you know, first base learning to play an outfield. It's Absolutely, a different, it's a different game. And then of course you have to put on a different hat because hopefully when you come here to do the Saturday show at Newstalk SDL, yep. you can realize wait, we can relax a little bit. We can talk about the Cardinals baseball. We can kind of meander a bit, have our, our cups of coffee, as right. we're both doing <laughs> yeah. right now. So it's kind of a relaxing. I mean, that's why I like Saturday radio. It's it's more relaxing. It's fun. Yeah. And we're glad you're with us. Hope you have your cup of coffee. And, um, you know, there was a drug rep that brought in some cinnamon rolls the other day. And even though I'm, my wife has me on a, always a healthy eating plan, but there's always something, um, once in a while, drug reps, it doesn't happen much anymore. I mean, it happens maybe twice a year. Drug rep will bring in, you know, four cinnamon rolls. and They have to report that. If they spend more than $10, they have to report it to pharma. Wow. It's, it's ridiculous, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, because we're bribed, don't you know? I'm sure. going to prescribe that drug to you, Max, even though it may not be in your best interest because she brought me a cinnamon roll. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like the old days in radio, right? I mean, that's why we have payola rules. I mean, you know, because some people couldn't control their their temptations and their, you know, largesse. And so people would play, music radio jocks would play some songs over and over and over, right? Well, because and, they were and, getting payoffs. Yeah. And, and certainly in the early days of rock and roll, certain records that had become yeah. all-time classics were only played because the yeah. DJ was given a, a Cadillac. And they said, fine, I'm going to play this record. <laughs> I mean, it was it was incredible what was going on back then, of course. that is, it's uh, Those are long gone days, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 funny. People people don't realize what has gone away because of the scrutiny in the industry. Because there were people, doctors and and pharmaceutical companies, that abused the whole notion of hey. Uh, and in those days, a lot of the drug reps in the old days when I trained, um, and they became good friends. They were like PharmDs. These were pharmacists, you know. And maybe a new formulation of a birth control pill would come out, or uh, in my field, or some new you know way to administer estrogen replacement therapy, or this or that. And and so then they would like we would go to a, a nice place, sit down, have a dinner. But they would have a guy like Professor Emeritus, Chairman of the Department at Stanford, or I mean someone really 
you know, very a, a very worthy and and credentialed guy who would come in, and you knew he was being paid an honorarium to do the talk, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, they'd talk about the new this and why it was important and why their woman had fewer headaches or whatever, you know, and lower risk of blood clots, whatever it was. And then you'd have a great discussion because you'd sit and talk about problems. It's like, wow, I have this patient. I cannot find a birth control pill to work. Whatever I do, if she's having problems here or there. And you'd have really hearty, wonderful, fulfilling, meaningful talk. And it became sort of like a, a forum of sorts. No more because we were being bribed with a steak and a glass of wine. We were bringing wine. And, and pe- just intense, patients don't right? realize that that network, those networking opportunities have gone away and actually they were helpful. I mean, it's not that it's not that you can't practice medicine without them, but they were helpful. And they were and now, oh my god, you know, because of a couple people that would go on bear hunting trips to Canada, that happened. Wow. That happened. Wow. I never went on a bear hunting trip to Canada. One time I went to where went to? We did go to a where was it? I think we I don't know. We, we went to a nice place. But I was a speaker for a treatment for endometriosis. And I spent a grueling four days. Where was it? Oh, it was Vail. Went to Vail on on the tab of the company. But it was a course. I spent six hours every day and then had to go home and prepare a presentation because the presentation, this was by experts in endometriosis, four or five of them, and helped us with presenting and then I traveled around the country speaking to various groups of, of OBGYNs about the management of pelvic pain. Um, and sometimes that means endometriosis. But I mean, I, I told my wife, we, she went with me. It was like, and we had to pay for her fare, by the way. They didn't pay for her. But it was like she was having fun and, you know, hanging out at the shops and everything. And I was in the classroom all the time. And then at the end, the last day, you had to present your thing to a professor, like you're presenting a, a you know, a, a doctor thesis. So it was not a, it was not a, a party in Vail. <laughs> But yet, that's the kind of thing that you'll hear about. But anyway, I don't know. Hey, uh, so let's uh, let's see. Do we have time in this segment yet? We don't. When we come back, um, we have we have some elite blindness and our overt ignorance and absolute rejection of the truth and deception going on concerning the rejection of Title 42 and what it means for uh, the open border situation come May. And we're going to play some sound from Secretary Mayorkas. And then we have an idea. Greg Abbott has an idea and he's already started as to how to send messages to D.C. and open their eyes, wake them up, take the veil away from their vision because it needs to be taken away. We'll talk a little bit about Title 42 and uh, to preview our discussion with um, <clears throat> Todd Benzman a little bit later. When we come back here on the Tolbert Show, stay tuned. Well, welcome back to the program. Thanks for being with us, 25, uh, 625 in the morning. Boy, that seems early, but I don't know. It's sort of nice to get up on a Saturday early at the regular time. Once I sleep in too long, I just get so darn tired. And then, I don't know, got a good sleep hygiene is important. Anyway, glad you're with us. Max is there trying to <laughs> herd cats which is his job every Saturday morning. (laughs) And uh, I was troubled this week when on the heels of reports, of course, of the estimates of the number of people that will be crossing the border illegally. It's already uh, a pretty open faucet. It's going to be an absolute floodgate that opens in May. May 23rd, I believe, is when the preg- uh, the president's termination order for Title 42, which allowed, Ill- which allowed illegal aliens to be essentially immediately deported. No process. They just they cross the border, they pack them up and send them back. Uh, 
And that was all due to, you know, under the cover of pandemic protection and not wanting to bring in COVID. Well, of course, with COVID waning, uh, the president decided to do that because now he has an excuse to uh, open up the floodgates again. Well, even Secretary Mayorkas needs to go tomorrow. He needs to be fired. We need to call our Congress people, our senators. We need to call the White House. We need to flood them with our thoughts about a guy that doesn't get it and won't admit the truth and denies the obvious. Take a listen. More about the crisis. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas joins us for an exclusive interview. Mr. Secretary, thank you so much. When Title 42 is lifted, it could mean up to 18,000 more migrants every day. This will become an even bigger crisis. How is the department preparing to deal with it? It's very difficult to predict what that migration will be, but we are planning for different scenarios. We are then at the border, surging resources. What distinguishes us from the past uh, is the fact that we will not implement policies of cruelty that disregard our asylum laws. We are rebuilding a system that was entirely dismantled. But do you acknowledge you're likely going to see a surge? We very well could, and our job is to be prepared to address it. So he, 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 we might, it's, un, it's difficult to predict. We don't know. Yes. If you, if you make it, there's already, Secretary Mayorkas, hello, wake up, grab a cup of coffee. There's already, as soon as it was reported on Fox and other outlets, as soon as that order, that termination order came out from the president, caravans were already organizing in Central America. Well, and I'd like to point out, I'm impressed that clip came from CBS. And that anchor yeah, is saying, hey, there's going to be a surge. And she kept having to say it like three times. <laughs> so, Well, and that was Nora O'Donnell. Yeah, I mean, so... Go, yeah. it, if you're a media watcher, and I know you're not only a movie watcher, Max, but you keep an eye on the media, and I'm keeping an eye on them, too. And I'm noticing that they're beginning to, they're reading the polls. They're, the tea leaves are getting their attention. Their finger in the wind is feeling a different direction in the wind. I don't ever see them shining light on the truth of what this leftist regime has done to this country and the threat that it poses with its mismanagement of everything from the economy to the border to our, you know, I think the, the, the mess overseas was totally mismanaged. Uh, Putin probably could have been prevented from invading if they'd have handled this right. And, and uh, I, finally, though, you're right. But did you notice what he said there? Embedded in his comment, aside from the fact that he didn't want to admit that this is going to be right. a disaster... Remember what he said. We're going to, to we we're going to build it back, as though they need to tear it down, and then they've torn it down. They've torn down Donald Trump's um, buildup at the border with a physical wall, with a bigger presence, with the stay in Mexico policy, with you know clear instructions for Border Patrol that we're not going to pussyfoot around with these people, and and. You know, we had, well, there was a little surge, I think, was it in 19, late 19? We had a little surge. Hey, he got a, he got a hold of it. And when he left office, things were in pretty good, stable condition. And they have torn it down, his system of border security, and they're going to build it back. Have you heard this elsewhere? Hmm. Let's see. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. They, the squad... And the far left, which is now becoming more of the center of the Democrat Party, I mean, it really is the core of the Democrat Party, uh, want to tear this country down. They want to rip the Constitution apart and shred it in pieces. 
and they want to build this country back in something that would be unrecognizable. They want to ruin the fossil fuel-based economy at to the peril of every uh, well to the peril of everyone listening to this program unless you're a millionaire, a billionaire, you know, I mean I don't know, but almost everyone I know, everyone in my sphere would suffer. My patients, my colleagues, everyone I work with, in terms of if we all suddenly had to go out and live and buy electric cars, somehow live on uh, solar panels and the off and on again wind energy, <laughs> much less. We wouldn't have the products that are made from petroleum products as well, right? All that availability would go away. This kind of ties into what you're talking about right now, Dr. Toller. Do you think, because I get the sense that the mainstream media is slowly backing away from the Biden administration, that they realize that nothing is working out. Does this mean that the the squad wing, I mean, the more progressive wing, are they going to try to, I don't want to say it's a coup or anything, but do you think that they're going to try to run their own candidate against Biden or tell Biden yeah. to not run again? Because I, I kind of feel like that's happening right now. We can see on your CBS, your ABC, your NBC, they're all kind of backing away from Joe. Yeah, well, that's right. And, you know, you've heard, you're right, Max, you've heard ever since Joe was in office and as he didn't go as hard left as you can go. I mean, he went hard left, but you, you know, AOC would be on her social media, TikTok, of you know, Instagram, whatever she's on. Well, you know, they just haven't gone far enough. We need to we need to turn to fossil fuel not by twenty thirty, but by twenty twenty five. You know, it was never enough. And I believe that they think that they're they're delusional. Of course, when you're when you're a barista in the Bronx or wherever she was, you know, you're getting a little different echo chamber. Than if you're listening to the body politic at large, the country is still, even though people may talk a left of center game and they listen to left of center NPR and they listen to left of center, you know, PBS and they watch PBS and they watch, you know, left of center Chuck Todd and CNN and MSNBC way left of center. They live their lives in a right of center way. Right. They go to their kids soccer games. They they work at the fish fry. You know, many people on, on Friday nights, they 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 uh, most people are monogamous. They may not be married, but they're monogamous. You know, they, they they drive their cars. Some people have pickup trucks that, be, you know, because they live on the farm and they don't realize that there's another world out there. It's not just a lefty Arlington, uh, Washington, D.C., uh, you know, big New York City and Boston and Los Angeles nexus. It's that's it, there's more to this country than that. And, and, and there are smart people that didn't graduate from Harvard and Yale and, and, and Berkeley uh, and Columbia that actually have some different thoughts and have looked at, a, at, at history and how the, the principles and the values that got us here shouldn't be just recklessly abandoned. To your, to your point, though, Max, I, I hope they run an, an op, you know, a candidate, an opposition candidate to what they they consider Joe Biden mind, mainstream. Ten years ago, 12, 15 years ago, he'd have been considered as left as you can be. Now he's sort of centrist in the in the Democrat realms, as are the leaders, Pelosi and Schumer. So you're right. I'd love to see that happen because I think it would it would split the party, split the uh, the left and, you know, make a wide lane for mm-hmm. Good, solid, common sense conservatism, right? And I hope if the conservatives, however you define that, libertarian, Republican, if if they avoid becoming shrill and becoming haters and talk about positive values, principles based, 
you know, smaller, limited government, limited get in your face uh, with the security protections that we all deserve at the border and elsewhere. I think it's a it's a winning formula. I well, think and, you know, a, and there's a lane there. It, it's almost history repeating on the other side because the the conservatives had a split when Trump ran because you had never Trumpers, mm-hmm. you had people who said he was going to ruin the whole GOP, and then of course after he was elected, you had a, a, a giant split of people who were still never Trumpers or people who were all in thinking mm-hmm. that's the future. And I see this happening a bit slower with Joe, but it's becoming more and more evident. I think for people on the left, this is not the guy. This is not the guy to. Yep. Enjoy trust the nation to. And so I think it's going to be so intriguing as we move into the next election cycle to see what the Democrats do, because I don't think they're going to be all in on Joe. Nope. Nope. You're right. I I think that they realize, well, first of all, I think they realize that he no longer has the mental capacity to really be either a judgment of good, a leader of good judgment, or for that matter, a leader who commands respect. And perhaps (laughs) as the as the presidency was originally constructed, and as Ronald Reagan, I think, um, most embodied, it, it is almost that respect and that vision and sort of that really high-level view, just lay out, America wins. It's, it's, yeah, that was, the, that was the, the seed of America first. But whenever Ronald Reagan was asked about, you know, well, what are you going to do in this policy decision when it came to foreign affairs? America wins. Okay, that's a pretty good guiding light. (laughs) Rather than, well, we want to get along and we don't want to touch anyone too hard because, you know, we're viewed as being the evil empire because, you know, we're so prosperous. Well, history proves that when America is in the neighborhood with a big stick walking relatively softly and helping people, let's be honest, I mean, helping people out and, and, and doing humanitarian things like America has done, who, which is, I think, a noble and, and strategically smart thing to do. The world is relatively quiet and at peace. Sort of like, I think of the metaphor, which which Broadway musical is that? Um, da, 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 swear you live. The two young lovers are... Uh, is it uh, Music Man? Is it uh, My Fair Lady? At any rate, remember the, the, the character, and it's in many Broadway musicals, with the Irish cop on the corner swinging the billy club. What you up to there, Sonny Boy? You know? And... Uh. Sonny Boy knew you don't want to mess with the Irish cop on the beat. You just didn't get in his face because he was just, you know, he he was keeping his eye on things. And I think that is the kind of a visage that I have in terms of America's place in the world. And Joe Biden is not the big, strong Irish cop who's friendly with the kid, but also sends the message to the kid. I got a big billy club. I'll use it if I need to. Have a nice day. Hold your girlfriend's hand and walk down and take her and have a soda fountain. You know, just be nice. Don't break the glass. And, and and that's where I think we need to go. Now, okay, so we're going to have this surge coming to the border. We're already seeing it. We already have, what, 6,000? I believe Todd Benzman joins us um, at 8, 8 o'clock, top of the 8 o'clock hour. And we're going to ask him about some real numbers. But it's going to surge to as many as 18,000 a day. Now, that is, you're talking darn near 6 million people a year if it surges to that. Uh and Greg Abbott, Governor Greg Abbott, has an idea as to what to do, and I think it's a brilliant thing. Now, it's going to cost a little bit uh, for the citizens of Texas, but talk about making a statement and sending a clear, wake up, Columbia, uh, D.C., wake up, D.C., message. Take a listen. To help local officials 
whose communities are being overwhelmed by hordes of illegal immigrants who are being dropped off by the Biden administration. Texas is providing charter buses to send these illegal immigrants who have been dropped off by the Biden administration to Washington, D.C. We are sending them to the United States Capitol where the Biden administration will be able to more immediately address the needs of the people that they are allowing to come across our border. <laughs> now that, I'm sorry, it, it may be, well, it's not passive aggressive, it's aggressive aggressive, but it's brilliant. That's pretty classic. I mean, you know, I think of NIMBY. This is IMBY, right? In my backyard. <laughs> this is. And uh, now, you know what's going to happen. Uh, the mayor of, of D.C. Uh, or the, the the Congress, Pelosi, someone, they'll pass some kind of a law that, you know, they'll they'll make sure that these buses can't can't be uh, seen anywhere within a five mile radius of the Capitol. They'll find some way to pass an emergency ordinance or some federal law statute because they feel so threatened. So threatened. Of course, why would you feel threatened with these people that are just coming here because they're trying to escape persecution? Don't you know? Uh, and and I, for one, am glad to see it. Uh, whether or not it's going to really happen, whether or not it's going to have any any sway with Congress people, I don't know. But uh, I think it's a brilliant move. And and I do feel sorry for the people at the border and who have you know land uh, on or near the border. They're their land is disrespected. Their property rights are absolutely trashed. And their personal safety is at risk here. And it's really troubling that the federal government has so little respect for that. And, and maybe, you know, what I, what I get a kick out of, and I want to talk to Todd Benzman when we, when we uh, chat with him a little later. You know, I keep hearing this reference to asylum laws. And about, well, you know, what bar does one have to cross? Well, how high is the hurdle for one to claim asylum? Does it just mean, oh, I live in squalor. I live in what amounts to, a, you know, a, a, a six by ten, uh, you know, brick, uh, you know, concrete block uh, outhouse size building. And that's uh, that I, I'm escaping poverty and I'm escaping the uh, the ravages of of uh, my my country in Venezuela, in Colombia and wherever they're coming from. Well, is that really grounds for asylum just because there's a better life in America and you're seeking it and you you feel downtrodden because you live under an authoritarian rule? But and how do we how careful are we about vetting what is alleged persecution or uh, physical violence against you by the state or by the police in your local uh, locale in, in uh, Bogota? You know, I uh, man, I mean, if, if we're going to start taking in anyone in the world who claims that they are besieged either because of poverty or an authoritarian regime or something else, we might as well not have borders if our asylum rules are that lax. So that's something I do want to talk about, Ben's uh, with uh, about with Todd, because I believe that there's abuse going on of our asylum laws. I'm pretty sure of that. You know, we have evidence of lawyers going down to the border and telling people uh, the right thing to say, wink, wink, you know, so you can get in. Come on, look. I wish that everyone could have prosperity in America, but why don't we change this to say, hey, here's a copy of the Constitution. Um, here are, you know, a couple of excerpts from the Federalist paper. I'd be willing to pay for the for the, the printing of that by the Bureau of Engraving and Printing uh, that has a translation of our uh, founding values, our, our first principles. And, hey, why don't you go and um, cause regime change 
in your country, in Honduras, for instance, in El Salvador. Sounds like a good idea to me, doesn't it to you? I think so. Well, when we come back, Michael Bussler uh, is up, and we'll talk to him. Uh, and uh, stay. You know what? I think we ought, to, we ought to play him at the top of the hour. Let's do that. I talked with Sounds Michael good. Bussler last week, and I want to go ahead and play that, uh, folks, for you, because I talked with him on my, on my weekday show, and it's really pivotal information on uh, gas prices, inflation, the looming recession that may be coming, and some some behind-the-scenes news on our strategic oil reserve that I never knew about. We'll talk about that uh, with Michael Bussler uh, at the uh, 7 o'clock hour. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, some of the shenanigans going up in D.C. and in the White House. There's more yesterday with masking and not masking and Katanji and the whole deal. Stay tuned. More coming up on The Tober Show. But do you acknowledge you're likely going to see a surge? We very well could, and our job is to be prepared to address it. We're back. It's we're back at 6:47 in the morning. Thanks for being with me. If you're just joining me, earlier we played some happy sound with Tyler O'Neill hitting a home run on the Cardinals' nine-zip victory Thursday, and uh, it, it was great to hear. Today they play again for the second game, so we'll see how uh, Pujols does. He was 0 for five that day. I'm, I'm interested to see how the old boy does in his last season. Um, there's not much happy talk going on at the border, as we were just saying before uh, before the break. And it, it it worries me greatly. We've already had hordes of people coming in. I mean, increasing the population of this country by not, uh, you know, a tenth of a percent or a, a half of a percent, but one, two percent by the time we're done here with this first two years of the Biden administration <clears throat> by next year. And it's uh, it's only going to get worse. And and. Uh, Greg Abbott, I got to give him credit. Uh, take him and send busloads up to Washington, D.C. and let them figure out what to do with it. it. It actually brings them closer to the people that they care so much about. And that way they can really help them more expediently. Makes makes great sense to me. Old Rick is with us now. I haven't talked to him in a while. How you doing, old Rick? Good to be with you. Well, I reckon we're doing okay as long as you can hear me over there. Yeah, where are you, buddy? <laughs> well... As of yet, I'm up on my own uh, little old hill in America. That is, uh, oh, okay. yeah, I'd be uh, figuring on being gone. Yeah. But I did get a note here lately uh, that sounded kind of promising because I looked into it and found where I wouldn't need to have a current uh, secret clearance head over yonder and stuff that I'm qualified for. So, yeah, I might be getting back to the war zones uh, soon, the, the latest one anyway. Now, hopefully mm-hmm. before the uh, Ukrainians kick the Rutskis' butts. Huh? Well, but well, anyway. I don't know. They've, they've, they've kicked their butt out of Kiev, but it sounds like the Russians are focusing all of their attention on the southeastern part to create a land bridge between the Donetsk uh, area and Crimea and uh uh, they're just raining down terror on the civilian population in that sector. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I kind of know how it is on being on the receiving end on some of that stuff. But uh, like they say, in the war zones, that's where the business is really booming. But Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, you uh, you stay safe, Rick. Don't want, oh, don't want anything to happen to you. I wanted to let you know how it could stop the border invasion quick and easy. How's quickly. that? And the Democrats would be the ones doing it, shutting the border down. 
Are we stopped the border invasion is uh, convinced the illegals to vote Republican. Well, how are we going to do that when they come from socialist countries? I mean, they're they're an entitled bunch. All of the countries south of the border are essentially socialist, so that's their expectation, isn't it? They well, they want uh, socialism and that, but the other countries <laughs> they don't even have like uh, say a deal like they get laid off and go on unemployment or go on anything with the government. At least any of the countries down there that I've been deployed to and stuff, I. Say they they get by, but they don't get by that great. But then again, I think it's like that since ancient times, the old corruption that's been been nailing them. Well, and, you're right. Uh, you're right there. There's like, no doubt about that. And have we talked but, about PTSD? Uh, well, I don't know. Every every morning when Max shows up and tries to help me do the show, he has PTSD. So if that's what you're talking about, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The the VA when I got back and qualified with them, uh, I got in there and they were wanting to check me out. And the nurse asked me if I uh, got PTSD, and I told her I didn't get PTSD till I got back here. And then she asked me. <laughs> You know, she asked me about it. She asked me if I knew what PTSD was. And I told her, heck yeah. I told her uh, PTSD means pretty tired of stupid Democrats. <laughs> okay, there you go. That's that's the acronym for the morning. I appreciate that, Rick. Thanks for calling. That's a good one. Yep. Pretty tired of stupid Democrats. There's only one problem with that, Max. That's redundant. Right. You, well, there you go. <laughs> Stupid Democrats. Now, now, all of my Democrat friends out there, I'm just kidding. You know that. There's a, uh, there's a little bit of Babylon B in all of us, isn't there? Uh, <laughs> speaking of Babylon B, do you have the, the, the sound? Yeah, why don't you get that sound of uh, announcing the vote affirming the new associate Supreme Court justice? Do you have that one? Hang on for a second. Uh, the vote was taken on Thursday. And um, it was uh, it was of course uh, heralded. There were cry. There was crying and uh, all kinds of stuff. Do you have yeah. that there, Max? I believe I do. Yeah, On this vote, the A's are fifty three, the nays are forty seven. The nomination is confirmed. Well, what you didn't know, and maybe I didn't know this till I, you know, in order to get fake news that I can trust, I always go to the Babylon Bee. <laughs> And they reported that afternoon, there on uh, on Thursday afternoon, I didn't see it on CNN, I didn't see it on Fox, I didn't see it on MSNBC, I didn't see it on the mainstream channels, you know, NBC, CBS. Did you know, Max, that they had to call in, um, and this was reported, uh, it was a scoop by the uh, by the Babylon Bee, they, uh, they called in eight uh, biologists uh, before the vote, because there was some question, because she's not a biologist, there's some question as to whether, you know, she was a woman. Sure. You didn't know. Well, she couldn't define but they that. Figured, yeah, and she's she's the first Supreme Court justice to be confirmed without a degree in biology, according to Babylon B. And um, so in the minutes before the Senate vote, this is according to Babylon B, several certified biologists were brought in to verify Jackson's womanness as well as her blackness. And once they had confirmed that she possessed the two most important attributes of a Supreme Court judge, the Senate did vote to confirm. <laughs> now, in an additional thing, uh, 
And those eight justices, the eight biologists happened to be Supreme Court justices. That, that really added some weight to it. And uh, some additional reporting, when they interviewed uh, Mitt Romney, um, you know, there was some concern about, you know, everyone had concern when she said, I don't know what a woman is because I'm not a biologist. And uh, they asked uh, Romney about his thought. He said, no, Katanji Brown Jackson has no idea what a woman is, but that's understandable as she's not a biologist. And I think she'll be fine as the eight biologists currently on the court will be able to get her up to speed. The important thing here is that she's black and a woman. So I, I felt a lot better once that her womanness and her blackness was confirmed. Sure. Because that sure. was the most important qualifying credential. I didn't realize that all of them were biologists. I mean, that's news to me. Thank you, Mitt Romney. <laughs> I, I just love the bee. It's the right wing onion. Uh, it's just beautiful. They they come up with some pretty funny stuff. And then, of course, yesterday in the in the ceremony out there, there was a lot of oh, a lot of gnashing and wailing of uh, and gnashing of teeth about uh, you know what a what a first this was for America, and if only we'd have gotten here sooner. And now you know the glass ceiling has been broken for black women chief justices of the Supreme Court. So I'm thinking a winning. Maybe Andrew Yang can win, uh, can win uh, the next presidential run by claiming, stating before that, during the campaign, that he pledges, should there be an opening on the court, to nominate an Asian transgender. That would be a that would be the only qualifications you'd need for for his nomination to to uh, to fill a vacancy. I mean, what is this the quota? quota system of the day you know as far as supreme court vacancies what what haven't we filled now i don't think we we need an asian we've got a, we got a hispanic we we had a jew we have a black male now we have a black woman i think we just need an lgbtq but it's got to be asian because we don't have one of those how crazy can we get? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Well, at the top of the hour, we're going to play Michael Bustler's interview. We did uh, was able to talk to him last week, and I want to play that for you because I think it's pivotal stuff that you'll want to hear, especially some background information on the Strategic Oil Reserve, you know, just announced a million barrels a day, and the hazards of what that means. Holy cow, I learned a lot. I think you'll enjoy it, too. It's the Randy Tobler Show with Max and Randy on a Saturday. We'll be back. On this vote, the A's are 53, the nays are 47, and nomination is confirmed. <laughs>